Welcome to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. Wherever you're listening from, welcome. We pray that the truth from the Word of God speaks to your heart during today's message. We're going to continue our study on the first resurrection. And when you hear the first resurrection, what comes to mind? Most assume that it means it's called the first resurrection because there's a second. It's a lot to qualify right there. We're going to try to qualify that statement. First resurrection means there was none before it. And I would ask you to consider that tonight as we look at it. Why do you say that, Brother Jimmy? I want you to go over to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. I want us to get a hold of, a, of, a, of an important truth here. 1 Corinthians chapter number 15. The whole thing's great. You ever need, if, if you ever stumped and you're witnessing to somebody and you don't know where to go, just go here. And you've got five verses. Just read them the first five or have them read the first five and they will get the gospel. Okay. But for this evening, we're looking at the first resurrection. And look at what it is likened to. Let's start reading at verse number 12. Now, if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there be no resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching vain and your faith is also vain? Two fundamental things that you and I need to understand about true biblical Christianity that separates it from all other religions. The first is absolutely nothing you can bring to God to merit your to merit God's favor. No works, no boasting, none of that you can bring to God. Absolutely nothing. That's the first thing that separates true biblical Christianity from false cults. The second thing that separates true biblical Christianity is the resurrection Buddha is dead and will stay dead Muhammad is dead and will stay dead Jesus Christ is alive and rose from the dead those two things if you're not hearing that when you're speaking to somebody you got to back up you just know that, that they're just lost as they can be verse number 15 yea and we are found false witnesses of God because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ who he raised not up if so be that the dead rise not, or if the dead rise not, then it is not Christ raised. And if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain. You are yet in your sins. Then they also, which are fallen asleep in Christ, perished. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. So. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 12 to 9. If Christ has not been raised, well, now what? (laughs) If we have no risen Savior, what's our hope? We know that's not true. He did rise from the dead. And we looked at, we know that there will be a bodily resurrection. We looked at all that. So we got that, right? Everybody? Good. Okay. Verse number 20. But now is Christ risen from the dead and become, look at this. The first fruits, period. No. The first fruits 
of them that slept. And then we have our period. He's the first fruits of them that slept. Now look, go down to verse number 23. But every man in his own order, Christ, the first fruits. Afterward, they that are Christ's at his coming. Look at verse number 36. Thou fool, that which thou sowest is not quickened except it die. And that which thou sowest, thou sowest not that body that shall be, but bear grain. It may chance of wheat or of some other grain. But God giveth it a body as it hath pleased him and to every seed his own body. Go down to verse number 43. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. Verses 20 and then all the way down to 44, as we looked at those passages of scripture, in 20, we see first fruits. In 23, we see Christ, the first fruits. In 36 through 38, we see thou sowest. We see grain. We see wheat. We see to every seed. In verse 43 and verse 44, we see sown. In 1 Corinthians chapter number 15, what is the first resurrection likened unto? That would be a harvest. It's likened unto a harvest. How many parts are contained in a harvest? There are three parts to a harvest. There's the first fruits. We're going to look at that in detail tonight. There's the main harvest. And then there are the gleanings. Are they three different harvests? No. It's one harvest. But there are three parts to the harvest. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, we look at the first resurrection and it is likened unto a harvest. So there isn't a first and a second and a third and a fourth. It's the first resurrection. And because it is likened to a harvest, there are three parts to this first resurrection. What are they? The first fruits. The main harvest. And then the gleanings. So what does that mean? Well, we lived down in Florida. We had. Uh, about a row of about 15 orange trees. And when they would start to come into harvest, you know what we got first? The first fruits. They would start to pop up on the orange trees. And so you'd run out and you'd pick the first fruits. Were they not oranges? No. It's the same exact fruit. Oranges. But that part of the harvest is the is considered, ask any farmer, it's considered the first fruits. So you pick out your, your first fruits. As the season continues, guess what there is? There's an interval of time between those first fruits and then when the main harvest comes up. Because when the main harvest comes up, 
you're picking oranges and you can't stop picking them. That's the main harvest. And just when you have done, you are done harvesting all of your oranges. Remember that? Just when you're done harvesting all your oranges. Towards the end of the season, you go out there and you're like, whoa, there's some more popping up. What is that? You're bleeding. There's three parts to that harvest. The first fruits, the main harvest, and then the gleanings. Are they all, are they all oranges? Yes. Are they all part of that harvest season? Yes. Do they all resurrect themselves and rise at the same time? No. There is an interval of time between the first fruits and the main harvest. And then there's another interval of time between the main harvest and the gleanings. And God likens this resurrection, this first resurrection, to a harvest. There's a time interval between when these resurrections will happen at different times all part of the same of this first resurrection but there come there's intervals of time and god is going to harvest he's going to raise up believers at different times there's three separate and distinct groups that will be raised and they will be distinct and separate times with time intervals between them. There will be the first fruits. There will be a main harvest. And then there will be gleanings. That's why he likens it to a harvest in 1 Corinthians 15. To get us to understand this. And this is where the Lord will raise believers from the dead and gather them to himself. Remember we talked about this morning that Jesus was walking around. Everybody believed in a resurrection of the dead. Oh, look, Lazarus is up. And we talked about how if, we, if Jesus did that, you can imagine how viral that went. Everybody, it was much easier for them to believe resurrection of the dead. Jesus was walking around doing miracles. Very few of them believe in resurrection from the dead. That's why they didn't believe that Jesus would resurrect himself. And remember when we looked at Mark chapter 16 and we look at the first verse, Mary Magdalene and Mary's mother, they come to the tomb and they're bringing sweet spices to embalm a body. And we said, well, why would they do that if they believed God was going to, right? They didn't believe. So we looked at all that. Now we're looking at this harvest, this first resurrection. Well, God is going to raise believers from the dead, their bodies, and he is going to gather them to himself. This is the resurrection from the dead. This is not a resurrection of the dead like we looked at in, last, in John 11 with Lazarus. What did we say the first part? Of a harvest is the first fruits, right? So stay in First Corinthians 15, and I want you to go back in your Old Testament to Leviticus. 
Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus. And I want you to get chapter number 23. I want you to get chapter number 23. We have 1 Corinthians 15 and Leviticus chapter 23. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse number 20, the Bible says, But now is Christ risen from the dead. And became the first fruits of them that sleep, that slept. We're looking at this as a harvest. There's three parts to the harvest. The first part to a harvest is the first fruits. Who is the first fruits? Jesus Christ himself. Amen and amen. We see that clearly in 1 Corinthians 15. Everybody with me so far? Because you got it. I, I need to know that you're with me because you gotta, I got to know that you got this. Now go back to Leviticus chapter 23. Leviticus chapter number 23. Let's start reading at verse number nine. The Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them, When ye be come in the land which I give unto you, and ye shall reap the harvest thereof, then ye shall bring a sheaf, a sheaf of the first fruits of your Harvest under the priest, and he shall wave the sheaf before the Lord to be accepted for you. On the morrow after the Sabbath, the priest shall wave it. And he shall offer that day when you wave the sheep as he lamb without blemish of the first year for a burnt offering of the Lord. This pictured Christ's resurrection as the first fruits of those who slept in death. Way back in the Old Testament, we see this picture. What words are used? Harvest. What words are used? First fruit. It's the first fruits of the harvest. How many parts are to a harvest? Three. Same harvest. Three parts to it. Leviticus chapter 23 is our Old Testament picture. To our 1 Corinthians 15, 20, where we see Jesus Christ as the first fruits. Let's get John chapter 20 and Matthew chapter 27. John 20. John chapter 20 and get Matthew chapter 27 with your other finger. John 20. And Matthew chapter 27. All right, John chapter 20, we'll do first. Let's look at verses 16. Jesus saith unto her, her, Mary, she turned herself and saith unto him, Rabboni, which is to say master. Jesus saith unto her, touch me not, for I am not yet ascended to my father. But go to thy brethren and say unto them, I ascend unto my father and your father and to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord and that he had spoken these things unto her. What do we have here in John chapter 20? Jesus Christ appears at his resurrection. We got that? But he has not yet done what? Ascended. That's John chapter 20. Jesus Christ appears. 
but he's not yet ascended. Matthew chapter 27. Matthew chapter 27, let's look at verse number 50. Jesus, verse 50, when he had cried again with a loud voice, yielded up the ghost, and behold, the veil of the temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom, and the earth did quake, and the rocks rent, and the graves were open, and many bodies of the saints which slept arose. And came out of the graves after his resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared unto many. You know what we've got here in Matthew chapter 27? Old Testament saints that came out of their graves and now they're walking on the earth. Who else is on the earth? Jesus Christ. And he's yet ascended. Okay, well. I don't even want to open this can. We'll do this in a whole nother lesson. But we'll talk about the time frame of when Jesus died and the whole bit. We'll cover that. But it'll take me 30 or 40 minutes to do it. So just suffice it to say, we're just going to look at this harvest, this first resurrection tonight and the first fruits specifically. We'll do that on another lesson. Jesus Christ, 1 Corinthians 15 is the first fruits. Our cross-reference and our picture for that is Leviticus chapter 23. If you got that, say amen. 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 Okay. Now we're in John chapter 20. Christ is on the earth, but he's not yet ascended. Matthew 27, Old Testament saints come out of the grave, and it's walking dead people. (laughs) They're on the earth. Jesus and these Old Testament saints. Okay. In this harvest... We're talking tonight now. We're in this first fruits point. We are not in the main harvest and we are not in the gleanings. We're specifically trying to understand this first fruits. So far in the first fruits, who do we have? Jesus Christ as the definite article, the first fruits. First Corinthians 15, Leviticus chapter 23. Who else do we have? Old Testament saints that died in faith. Who were awaiting their Messiah. Part of the first fruits. Of this main harvest. Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter number 4. Galatians, Ephesians. The fourth chapter. We're in verse number 8. The Bible says. Wherefore he saith. When he ascended up on high. He led captivity captive. And gave gifts unto men. Now that he ascended. What is it but that he also descended first. Into the lower parts of the earth. He that descended. Descended. Is the same also. That ascended up. Far above all heavens. That he might fill all things. When Christ ascends. He leads captivity captive. Where does he ascend to? God the Father. He ascends up to the third heaven. That ascension is what he will lead captivity captive. Hebrews 2.14 says that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death. That is the devil. 
And in Ephesians 4, they're delivered. Wherefore he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive. He delivered them. They were in wait for the Messiah. Jesus Christ has yet died on the cross, shed his blood, rose again. So they're in wait for the Messiah. They're delivered. This is all first fruits of this resurrection. Where did the Old Testament saints go when they died? They didn't go to heaven. They went to paradise. And part of this first fruits harvest will be a little bit of a, a real estate transaction, if you will, a move where God will move paradise and will give it a new location. Matthew chapter 12 and Luke chapter 23 and 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Let's get those three passages of scripture. Let's get Matthew 12. Let's get Luke 23. And then let's get 2 Corinthians chapter 12. All right, so everybody got the first fruit we're talking about? Now let's talk about this whole paradise thing. Look at Matthew chapter 12, verse 40. Is that right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, let's back up verse 38. Then certain of the scribes and the Pharisees answered, saying, Master, we would see a sign from thee. Verse 39. But he answered, said unto them, An evil and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign, but there shall no sign be given to it, but the sign of the prophet Jonas. Here it is, verse 40. For as Jonas was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Luke chapter 23. Luke chapter 23, verse 43. And Jesus said unto him, comma, I believe the Bible. And part of that means I believe where the punctuation is. Verily I say unto thee, comma, the comma comes before today. Okay, verily I say unto thee, comma, today shalt thou be with me. Where? In paradise. All right, let's stop, pause, and park. Some of you are looking at me like a deer in the headlights. Why are you bringing up punctuation? I want you to look at this verse. That comma after thee, move it in your mind and put it after today. Now read it. Verily I say unto thee today. It could be Jesus saying those words today. But it doesn't go there. Uh, and false cults and teachers will use that by changing the comma to teach a different doctrine. The Bible says, verily I say unto thee, comma, Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. That day, Jesus is saying, that day, today, 
I'm going to meet you in a place called paradise. And you know where paradise is located? Matthew 12, in the heart of the earth. That's where he's going. Everybody, everybody getting that? We're getting it? Yeah, I hope so. So Jesus said, very last thing to be today, that should be with me in paradise. We'll go over to 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Okay. How do you know paradise was moved? How do you know paradise, this move of paradise was part of the first fruits of this harvest? I believe it's in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Look, it is not expedient for me doubtless to glory. I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. I knew a man in Christ about 14 years ago. Whether in the body, I cannot tell. Or whether out of the body, I cannot tell. God know it. That's a weird verse. I don't know what it means, but I know that such an one caught up to the third heaven. Well, where's the third heaven? That's God's dwelling place. First heaven, we look up, we see sky, all that. You take a rocket, go into outer space. That's the second heaven. And then where nobody can go, spaceships and airplanes, all the way up that third heaven, that's God's dwelling place. That's the third heaven. Verse number three. And I knew such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell. God knew it. <laughs> yeah, verse three. Now look at this. Verse four, how that he was caught up into paradise and heard unspeakable words, which is not lawful for a man to utter. How can he be caught up to the third heaven? How can it be caught up to paradise? If he said to the thief on the cross, today thou shalt be with me in paradise. And then we saw in Matthew chapter 12, this as Jonas in three days, three nights dwell at the heart of the earth. If he went to the heart of the earth, Matthew 12. If he said to the thief in the cross, today you shall be with me in paradise, part of the earth. Everybody with me so far? How in the world do you get to Second Corinthians and say, such an one caught up to the third heaven, and then verse 4, how that he was caught up into paradise. Wait, I thought it was down. Not no more, it ain't. It's not. Why? Because it was moved during the first fruits of the harvest. We're talking about the first fruits. Has nothing to do with the main harvest. The main harvest has nothing to do with the gleanings, although they do because they're three in one. Time interval and space in between. So we have a new location for paradise. So three takeaways and we'll close. It's a lot of information in there. It's a lot to, to, to digest. You take notes, write them down. If you didn't, you can just go back, look at it, and then write your verses down in your Bible and you have it. Colossians chapter 2 and Luke 16. Three takeaways. Colossians 2. And then Luke chapter 16. Colossians chapter 2, verse number 13. <clears throat> the Bible says, And you, being dead in your sins... 
and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, blotting out the handwriting of ordinance as it was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to the cross. Verse 15, and having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. You know what the spoil is? It's to conquer something and to take possession. That's the spoils. The first, this takeaway as we close regarding this paradise move is God, Jesus Christ, spoiled principalities and powers. He defeated death on the cross. People are going to have access to God the Father in heaven, the third heaven. Blood's been shed. Christ died for our sins, rose again. And he conquered death, which has not up until that point, been accomplished. So no Old Testament saint had access to God. Luke chapter 16. Well, where did they go? Paradise or Luke chapter 16, verse number 20. Uh, and there was a certain beggar named Lazarus which was laid at his gate full of swords and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his swords. Verse 22, and it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. Where was Abraham? Paradise. The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell he lifted up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. Guess where both of those locations are? Paradise and hell. They're in the heart of the earth. How can they can communicate? Well, they're next to each other. There's a gulf. But they're in the heart of the earth in Abraham's bosom. And this part of the first fruits is when Abraham's bosom is emptied. That's what happens. Now, they weren't all resting their head on Abraham's chest. Okay, It's not like Abraham was down in paradise and every time an Old Testament saint died, they're all fine and trying to get real estate to rest their head. No. It's a situation where you feel safe because you're with people that love you and protect you. They were in the affectionate care of Abraham. And that's another definition for bosom. You can see that some other places in the Bible we're not going to go to. There was an old saying that said, it's an old saying that said to live in the bosom of the church. That means someone knew that they can be in a, in a group of believers where they could be cared for. They felt safe and protected. They were in the bosom of the church. And by the way, we should be that church. People can come and feel they're in, it's safe and protected from the world. And it's wiles of the devil. 
So we have this spoiling of principalities and powers. We have this emptying of Abraham's bosom, which we see in Luke 16 is right in the heart of the earth, right next to hell. And now the last takeaway we want to have regarding this paradise move. It's the first fruits of the harvest. Which is the first resurrection. Harvest. Three parts to it. First resurrection. Not because, okay, well, second and third. No. None preceded. First fruits. Of this first resurrection. What is the first resurrection likened to a harvest? How many parts to a harvest? Three. What's the first part to a harvest? First fruits. What's the second part? The main harvest. What's the third part? The gleanings. Is there time intervals between all of them? Yes. It's God raising saints at different intervals to call him to himself. Jesus Christ is the first fruits. You had Old Testament saints, their bodies coming out of the grave. Now you have paradise being moved. Those souls being reunited with their body. And now Jesus Christ on the earth with all that coming out of paradise. And he moves the whole thing and takes them up to the third heaven. Principalities and powers are spoiled. Abraham's bosom is emptied. He defeated death on the cross. Now, when you and I die, we could be absent with the body, absent from the body and present with the Lord. Our body? No. Our body's going to go on the ground. We're going to see where that's going to come up in the main harvest. But our soul doesn't have to go into Abraham's bosom in the heart of the earth in paradise. No. He moved it. It's in the third heaven. It was relocated. And that is the idea. Well, that is the doctrine of this first fruits. Who does the first fruits include? Jesus Christ is the definite article first fruits. And part of that harvest, part of that harvesting, Leviticus chapter 23, part of that harvesting includes the Old Testament saints, eyes rose, walk around the earth. Abraham and, his, and all those in Abraham's bosom in paradise, souls come out, reunite with the bodies, and there they go. There they go. That's the first fruits. Thank you for listening to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. We look forward to seeing you in the next episode. In the meantime, you can sign up for our email newsletter at www.pilgrimbaptist.church.